Hey, well, thank you so much. And like Nate said, my name is Jacob. Um, I get to be on the student team here. I love it. I've been here for a few years, and I'm excited to be here. Um, specifically, I'm excited to be here today because we are finishing our series, Best Summer Ever. And if you've not been with us the past few weeks, here's what we've been talking about. Um, we, we've been talking about our values, but really it's the actions that are attached to our values. And so week one, um, Nate Ross talked about abiding in Christ. So he talked about the value of, of living with Christ, but then he said, hey, we have to abide in Christ. We looked at John 15, and we found out that we're supposed to stay connected to the vine. Week two, Nate was back, and he talked about community. And he said that, yes, it's, it's good to talk about community, but really when we live in community, we see life change. And life change happens together. And today, we're going to be talking about our value of calling. And not just talking about calling, but we want to talk about living out our calling. And now, if you have been with us the past few weeks, the first question you're asking is simply this. Jacob, where is the porch swing? All right, where is the big porch swing that's been on stage? You might have seen it in the announcement video. Um, and I, I was going to use it, I swear. I was going to use it. I even had like the analogy for it and everything. And then um, Kyle Parr sent us this photo. Check this out. Who wore it best? Man. I think Forrest did, for real. I think, I think he wins that. But hey, Northside is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get on a Sunday, right? All right, no more, uh, no more Forrest Gump jokes. That's all I have to say about that. So as we continue, you guys, I'm a student pastor. I can make these jokes and get away with it, right? It's okay. But today, when we're talking about our calling, for me, what I really think it comes down to is just simply two words. Um, and they're words that you have heard before. I actually guarantee you said these words, maybe even today, but probably this week. It's simply this, minutes and moments. Minutes and moments. When it comes to living our calling, it breaks down to two words, minutes and moments. And I think when we really look at what these words mean, minutes and moments, and we even look at the history of them, It'll kind of come in, it'll be a clearer picture of why we're talking about this. I had my friend, Dr. Neil Wyndham, one of the smartest people I've ever met, give me a word study on both of these. And he, he, he hit me back with this. Minutes comes from this Greek word, chronos. And it's the same word that we, we use for like chronological. And so when you hear this word minutes and you hear this word chronos, it just simply means this. It's a duration of time or it's a measurement of time. It's seconds, it's hours, it's minutes. That's what it is, it's just time. Then though, you talk about this other word, moments, and you look at that history, and you look at that, like this, the, the, what the word really means, and it's this kairos. And kairos is really cool. This is going to change your thinking a little bit. This kairos, this moments minute, is talking about opportunities, or it's talking about seasons, or it's talking about like a, a fitting time such as this. And I think it's pretty safe to say that when we think about our minutes and our moments, that's what we want our summers to be like, right? Like we want the best summer ever to be filled with moments and not minutes. That's why the series is literally called the best quality, right? The best Kairos summer ever and not the longest duration summer ever. We already had the longest duration summer ever. It was called 2020. We all lived it together. It was horrible, right? We, 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 we experienced that. When you look down into it, minutes versus moments is just simply this. Minutes are quantity while moments are quality. And we want a life that's full of, yeah, a good amount of quantity, honestly, but we want a life that is full of quality moments. And I think the exact same thing is true when it comes to our calling. That yes, minutes are a good thing, but minutes aren't everything, and we need to focus on 
the moments. Um, I had my friend Hannah draw me this circle on stage, so I can't even take credit for this. What you're about to see me do on this is horrendous. It's going to be the worst drawing you've ever seen, so forgive me already. But I think um, this helps me learn. And so being a visual learner, I think is going to help you learn too. We, I've heard this before. We have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce, all right? 24 hours a day. Now for me personally, that's maybe the only thing I have in common with Beyonce, all right? It's just the 24 hours a day. So we have the same quantity, but how we fill those moments, how we fill the quantity, how we fill those minutes is what really makes up our day. And so for us, let's just break this down for a second. Let's imagine that this circle is, is your day. It's 24 hours that you have. Let's break it down into eight, uh, three sections really quick. Eight hours, um, technically, according to like science, um, that's very, very good evidence. According to science, you're supposed to have eight hours of sleep a day, all right? So some of you who are parents just heard that and you thought that was the funniest joke you've ever heard. Eight hours of sleep in a day. You're like, I haven't had that many hours of sleep since the year eight. Not 2008, right? Like the year eight is when I had eight hours of sleep. That's how many hours you're supposed to get of sleep a day. So there's eight hours off the, off the time already. And then you can go further. And I think most of us in here, maybe not all of us, maybe it's going to range just a little bit, but we're probably working eight hours a day. Or you're going to school or work, wherever it is. Maybe you're working part-time right now. I know that we're about to go to summer and, and it's about to be a little bit different of schedule, but on a normal day, majority of the year, we're working or going to school like eight or seven hours a day. And so check this out really quickly. Before we even get to do anything that we technically want to do, we have already spent 16 hours of our day doing other stuff. That's kind of crazy. And then you just have to fill in the rest of those eight hours with all these different things that you have to do. Let's just fill it in really quickly. Here's, here's, let's go two hours right here. That is all of a sudden you have to go and eat food. And that takes time. Eating's great. I love to eat, but it takes time. You have to make it. You have to eat it. You have to clean it. You have to do all those different things. And that, that takes some time. Maybe it's a little less for you. Maybe it's a little bit more for you, but two hours, let's just say that. Um, then they're gonna have like an hour, ready for this one, an hour of phone time. Now I know some of you guys are like, no, that's impossible. You guys know what the national average for screen time for a phone is? Three hours and 43 minutes. Isn't that not crazy? And some of you guys are like, that's low for me, right? Have you heard of TikTok? I am on that all the time. But what, let's just say, let's give you the benefit of the doubt and let's give you one hour of phone time. Then you have to do other things. Let's just say you have chores to do at home. So whether you're a parent or a student, whether you live with other people, you live alone, you have to do things at your house, whether you like it or not. Let's be, let's be a little generous and say, that's like two hours a day of things you have to do. And we, we, let's just pause for a second. We have already got five more hours on the board. We have about three hours left and the things we haven't mentioned are insane. If you're a student, we've not mentioned homework. If you are someone who owns a house, we've not mentioned housework, like how you talk like house project, like outside, like mowing the lawn, like doing all that stuff. I've mentioned zero things fun, by the way, no Netflix, no TV, no hanging out with friends. I've mentioned nothing like with your family, like taking a nice walk or anything like that. I haven't mentioned a lot of stuff. You know, I haven't mentioned either. 30 minutes, let's say you do this every day. This is a really good thing. 30 minutes of a devotional. That's a really good thing that you do that. So you take that time, you read the Bible, or maybe you have an hour of church, or if, if George is preaching, an hour and five minutes. All right, so like you have like, Nate told me to say it, so blame him, all right? He told me to say it. He owes me $5. But anyways, <laughs> you have an hour of church, and that's good things, but here's the funny thing. I have not even mentioned 
living out our calling yet. I haven't even said, and here's where you're gonna fit in an hour of day of living out your calling. You can do it. I haven't even talked about that. And you're probably already filling in this blank with all the other things that I've missed. If you play sport, there's no practice on there. If you're in band, there's no practice at home or, or, or practice doing your own thing actually with the group. There's no driving places. There's no vacation. There's no fun. There's all these things that you're filling in with. And maybe the question that you're thinking right now is how in the world do I do this? Like, what are you going to tell me to take away, Jacob? What are you going to tell me to sacrifice right now? Because I'm not sure if I can do this. And the question becomes, how do I live a life of calling when it seems like the world is always calling me to do something else? How do I live a life of calling when it seems like the world is always calling me to do something else? Another way to say that is, how do I actively daily surrender to Jesus and give him actions and give him my words and my thoughts. How do I do that when I feel like I always have to actively and daily surrender to other people? I think you get what I'm saying. If you're a spouse, you have to actively and daily surrender to your spouse. And that's a good thing, by the way, but it's another thing. If you're an employee, you have to actively and daily surrender to your boss and to your coworkers and you have to give them things. You have to give them your time and your, your emotions. You have to give them your, your attention and they're like, how in the world do I do this? And we just think, how in the world do I live a calling in a world where it seems like it's always calling me to do something else? And it can cause anxiety. It can be overwhelming. It can be exhausting, or maybe the scariest thing is it can be something that you say, I'll get to it later, and then you never get to it. How do we do it? Here's the good news. We're not the first people on earth who has asked this question, and the better news is that Jesus answered them. And if you've been with us the past few weeks, we have been looking at um, John chapter 15, which is this incredible section of scripture. It's actually kind of nestled between a few other chapters where Jesus is having one of his last talks with his disciples before he goes to the cross to die. And he, where we're going to be today is, is right after we t- he tells the disciples to go bear much fruit. He kind of has this moment where he says, hey, you're no longer my servants, you're my friends, and I want you to go out and bear much fruit, go do this stuff. And if I'm a disciple in that moment, I'm like amped up. I'm like, yeah, like we're bros, right? Jesus, like me and you, we're friends now. You want me to go bear much fruit, I want to go live my calling. And then this is what he says in verse 18, literally 16 and 17, he says, go bear fruit, go live your calling. And then in verse 18, he comes back and he says this. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you're no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master, and since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. Could we put ourselves into the, like the shoes of the disciples right there? Jesus has given them this awesome, like, last night, like I feel like they're probably, it probably feels like a moment, right? It doesn't just feel like a minute for them. It feels like this kairos, this moment where he's like walking with them. He's saying like, hey, here's some really deep theological stuff for you to think about. Like, this is going to be amazing. And he says, we're attached together and you're no longer servants, you're friends and go bear fruit. And the disciples are like, yeah, yeah, this is great. And then he says, and by the way, the world's going to hate you. And by the way, the world's going to persecute you. I'm going to be honest. There's never been a time in my life where someone has said, Jacob, I hate you. And I've been like, yes, right? Never. Even people who I'm like, I don't really like you. Like never. If they come to me, hate me. I'm like, no, 
There's never a time in my life where someone's persecuted me and I've been like, this is awesome. Like, I, I, I know I'm supposed to find joy in that, but I don't have to find happiness in that at all. And so the disciples are thinking like, bear fruit? Go live my calling, but they're gonna hate me and they're gonna persecute me and it's gonna be hard and I'm not gonna wanna do it. Like, well, how in the world am I supposed to do this? And maybe they're not asking the exact same question we are. But I think the essence of the question is there. How do we live out our calling even when it's tough? Whether it be with someone attacking us or whether it be with our time just not being enough. How do we do that? And Jesus, thank goodness for Jesus, he responds perfectly. And maybe on the first go around, it won't make a bunch of sense. But when we break it down, it's going to make sense. Here's what he says. After 18 through 25, he kind of says, like, hey, it's going to be a tough time. People are going to hate you. This is what 26 and 27 says. It says, when the advocate comes, and this is Jesus talking. When the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now you might read that and be like, that helped me zero, right? Like, I don't know, that, that didn't talk about time or moments or kairos or porch swings. That told me nothing, Jacob, like, help me. But when you look at what the word advocate means, it changes everything for us. So what he's talking about right there is he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming down and being with them. That word advocate in the Greek, it's this word parakletos. And so you can take that with you and sound really smart this week, all right? Like parakletos, as we would say it today, it's just simply paraclete. And it's a legal term, but really what it means is it's one who is called to the side of another. And the word pops up in the book of John. In fact, it pops up in Jesus' talk with his disciple four different times. And he says things like, the advocate is never, ever going to leave you. It's going to be with you forever. It says that the advocate, Parakletos, is going to continue teaching you the things that I have been teaching you. He even talks about it in John 16. He goes so far to say, it's actually good that Jesus, me, is leaving the earth. Because when I leave, you get Parakletos. You get the advocate with you. You get the spirit and then you even hear what the advocate is translated to in our language, and it means things like this, the comforter. You ever go through a day, and you just think, I could just use a hug. <laughs> You're like, man, I just, I just wish someone would just come and hug me. The comforter. You have the advocate, the encourager. The advocate can be a counselor. It could be an intercessor, which that word intercessor means that the Spirit's going to intercede for you. It's going to have a moment where it, the Bible talks about how sometimes you pray and yet you don't even know what to say, but the Spirit can intercede for you and tell God exactly what you mean. That's amazing. It's the strengthener, or maybe my favorite one is this. Sometimes it's just simply called the helper because that one is so all-encompassing. Sometimes we just need help. And I think what Jesus is saying is he says, you need to go bear fruit and it's going to be hard, but here's how you do it. You live every single moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you want to live out your calling in a world that it just, it, it's hard to do, you live every single moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. You look at every moment as an opportunity to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now think about it like this, when we go back to our board, um, if you notice today, I didn't say something like, hey, you know what you should do after this is you should, you should take away an hour of phone time and live out your calling. I actually think it's different. I actually think we should live like the Paracletos is with us and we should have a someone who comes beside us and we should live our life 
like this. Instead of just having a couple minutes a day where we say, all right, here's 15 minutes. I'm giving it to God. I'm going to live out my calling. We say, I'm going to live every single moment of my awake day living by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think this is going to change the way you live. I think good things like doing a daily devotional right here is it's a good thing. It's a biblical thing to spend time in the word and in prayer. But I think all of a sudden you're going to see daily devotionals turn into daily devotion. Instead of just having 30 minutes before work, you're going to have 30 minutes that springboards you into work or school. And you're going to say, I'm going to live my life of calling no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing. Yes, I have a job at school or I have a job at, at work. I have something to do, but I know my real mission. That's to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, to listen, to comfort, to, to look. Yes, it's good that we go to church for an hour, but I think when we live like this and we, we think not about minutes, we think about moments, all of a sudden we don't just attend church, but we become the church and our identity changes and we say, I'm supposed to go out into the community and I'm supposed to be the church. I'm supposed to love on people. And it's gonna change. I think moments of fear and timidity and nervousness, lukewarmness, they're gonna turn into boldness. Anytime the spirit moved, in scripture, you'd always see a moment of boldness after. It was awesome. It could be a moment that maybe not even as bold to other people, but to you when the spirit moved and you listened to it, it was a bold, bold moment. I've seen this play out in my own life before. I can remember one time we took um, our middle schoolers on a one day mission trip. It was awesome, such a cool time. But we were gonna go just do some projects, you know, do some like service projects around the area. And remember, we were gonna go end up in this one specific neighborhood. And I'd heard about this neighborhood before and I was just like a little unsure about it. And, and so I, I, I even, this is so embarrassing. I Googled the crime stats about this neighborhood before we went. And I looked at them and I was like, is, mm, is this good? Like, is this like, are we supposed to be taking, I swear, like if you're a parent here, I'm good at my, I do good, right? I, I take care of your students well, all right? So hear me, like it's a good thing. But I'm Googling it, I'm like, I don't know, is this like what we're supposed to be doing? Like supposed to be going here? And we ended up going there. I think this is a good thing. And we end up at this neighborhood and we're in this little square of this neighborhood. And we're a, there's a park with us and there's this big green area and we're on the lawn and we're having um, a little like seminar on how to do a prayer walk. And one of our mission partners is in front of us and he's kind of giving us the lowdown. Here's how you do a prayer walk. Here's the things you're supposed to say. Here's the things you're not supposed to say. And even behind us in this neighborhood, there's this, this, I don't know if it was a family, if it was just a group of friends, but they're behind us in this house having a contest, I think, to see who could scream the loudest cuss word. And I'm like sitting here and we're talking about prayer and all the, like behind us, you just hear like, Beep, 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 beep. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And kids are like, what's that mean? And I'm like, nothing, right? Like turn around and earmuffs and like pray, like do the good things, yay. Like my biggest fear was someone be like, what'd you learn on your mission trip? And they're like, beep. And I'm like, no, bad. But I'm like, focus, focus, focus. And I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was counting down the minutes until we were done. Like I was looking, I was just like, this is bad. This is, I'm, I'm a little scared. Like, I don't know if we should be here right now. Like I can hear bad words behind me and students are here. And while I'm thinking about these minutes, the guy who was in charge of this, this prayer walk time, he says, all right, y'all ready to try this right now? And I think, now? Here? Now with these people? Like you want to do this right now? And he's like, yeah. And my first thought is, who's in charge here? And I was like, me. <laughs> I'm in charge here. Like, is this supposed to happen? And I'm like thinking about things before I know it. I'm walking around the square with my group. I've got a middle school girl and a middle school boy. And we're just walking around. And I'm counting down the minutes. 
we're going and we see somebody and I'm like, hey, do you want to talk to them? And they're like, no, we just walk right past them. I'm like, hey, we can do this. We can have a prayer walk. We can do this. And I'm walking with these two students. I'm like, hey, do you want to talk to them? They're like, no. And then finally we turn this corner and we see this guy walking at us from down the street. And I stop both the students. I say, listen, we're going to do this, okay? We're going we're gonna to get him. And I do that. And I think if he would have saw that, he's just like, am I in danger? <laughs> like, is a small middle school group of like people are going to come and mug me right now? Is that going to happen? And so we're like pointing at him. And he's like, oh. And so we're walking towards him. And I'm like, nudge the girl. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's go talk to him. And she goes, you talk to him. And I said, no, no, I'm a pastor, right? Like, I do this all the time. Like, you, you, this is for you. And she's like, you're right. And I'm like, whoo, right? Like, this is good. <laughs> and so we're walking towards him. And he's getting near to us. And we're walking towards, he's getting near to us. And I can just see on her face, she's not going to do it. And she kind of hangs her head and we're walking past. I'm like, it's okay, it's all good. I might even look at this. I'm like, is it time to like wrap this thing up? And then all of a sudden she bolts right in front of me. And she walks right up to this dude and she goes, sir, <laughs> she points his finger. She goes, sir, we are on a prayer walk. We are here to love you and we want to pray for you. And the guy's like, ah, <laughs> he's like, ah. And I walk up and I'm like, sir, 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 like we're from a church and, and we just want to love on our community. We want to love on the people around us. He's like, can I pray for you? How can we pray for you? Holy Spirit is so amazing. You know what this guy said back to us? He said, no, that's weird. And kept walking. <laughs> See, y'all thought this was going to be the, like, one of those heartwarming stories. You're like, best summer ever. Like, this is the worst summer ever, right? But he says, no, that's weird. And he walks away. And at that point, I think minutes are up, right? Like, get on the bus, we're going home. You know what the students started to do right there? They said, this is a moment. So this is no longer just minutes. They say, this is a moment because the worst thing that could have happened is that we were bold and this guy rejected us and we're not dead, right? Like we didn't die of embarrassment. They said, we're gonna do this now. And all of a sudden the atmosphere, the temperature of that neighborhood changed. And these middle school students start sprinting, I kid you not, sprinting around this square saying, we're going to pray for every person we can see. I see a group run up to the house that had the cussing competition. They say, hey, we hear you. We want to pray for you. And they have this moment where they go up and they literally join hands and they're praying with them. It's this amazing moment. I saw this one group run up to this couple who's on the swings, who's clearly having a very intense and tough conversation. And I think the girl was crying and we walk up and, and, and we say, can we pray for you? And she goes, we were just talking about how we don't know what we were gonna do next. And now you're saying you wanna pray for us. And she just starts bawling. I see my group walk over to this bus that's pulling up and, and, and getting off the bus is other middle school students and they stop the middle school students and say, hey, we're getting in a circle. We're praying right now for you. How can we pray for you? I don't know if you remember middle school. Maybe the worst torture ever would be praying for another middle schooler, all right? But they say, stop, we're doing this right now. We're going to pray for you. You know why all this happened? Because in that time, I was focused on minutes, confession. I was focused on minutes. But those middle schoolers said, this is a moment. This is an opportunity. This is something we can remember forever. I guarantee we went over time that day because minutes didn't matter, but moments did. And when it comes to living out our calling, we don't just need to focus on a few minutes today. We need to focus on living every single moment that we are awake, living as an opportunity to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, to listen, to act, to pray, to do things. John 16, or John 15, verses 26 through 27. 
It says that the Holy Spirit testifies to us and that we get to go and testify. That word testify just means this, to affirm or to bear witness. It's actually the same word, if you look at it, where martyr comes from. Like you're living a life that says, hey, something bigger than myself. What if your goal this summer was to bear witness, was to affirm, was to testify by the power of the Holy Spirit to every single person that it tells you to testify to? See, as the Holy Spirit comforts us, we get to turn around and comfort other people. There might be a moment this summer where you see someone and you just immediately feel it in your heart. You feel it in your bones that something is wrong with them and you need to go say something to them. Can I just encourage you? Can I challenge you actually to not let that moment pass, but instead to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit and go and be the Holy Spirit to them, to comfort them. As the Holy Spirit counsels you, you can counsel others. As it encourages you, you can encourage others. As it advocates for you, you can advocate for others. As it strengthens you, as it encourages you, as it connects you to Jesus, you can do exactly what our mission statement is here. And you can connect other people to Jesus Christ. Let me just challenge you this summer, no matter where you're at. I know it's revenge travel year. Like people had one vacation last year, got canceled. So like, we're going on seven this year, all right? How are you gonna to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit on vacation, on those trips? How are you gonna let that be a moment for you to listen and act in the Holy Spirit when, you, when you're on the plane, when you're on the boat, when you're on the beach, when you're at the lake, when you're on the golf course? How are you gonna listen and act then? How are you gonna listen and act by the Holy Spirit when you're in your own town doing your normal every single day routine? When you're running an errand, when you're just heading into mire, how are you gonna let that be a moment to act by the power of the Holy Spirit? Maybe the most important one that we can talk about is how are you gonna act and live and let it be a moment at your home this summer? I think that might be a huge place for us to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're a parent, there might be some moments this summer where you're thinking, you know what, it's time for me to lead this family. It's time for me to maybe counsel, to comfort the people in my family, to be the Holy Spirit, to be a, a vessel as it testifies to me. I get to testify to other people. If you're a student in here, maybe your parents don't know and you are here by yourself right now. That is incredible. Or maybe you're an adult and your parents don't know. And it's not about being a student and your parents don't know, but it doesn't matter. You're always a child. How are you gonna testify about the Holy Spirit? Live by the power of the Holy Spirit in your own home. See, the Spirit is big, and I don't wanna limit what, what He might do. I don't wanna just tell you, you know, what to do, because He might tell you to do something that I could never, ever, ever tell you to do. It might never even cross my mind, but the Spirit might tell you to do it. So live every moment as an opportunity to see the power of the Holy Spirit. Influence Music um, has this incredible song that we're about to hear. It's just called Spirit Lead Me. And it's essentially just talking about everything we talked about and maybe explaining it just a little bit better. But don't miss this. Let this be, maybe for you, your first moment of the summer, allowing the Spirit to lead you. I'm gonna pray 
And then our team wants to sing this song over you. Lord, we love you. And Lord, you are so, so, so good. And God, today we are so thankful for Jesus and what he has done, but God, we're thankful right now that Jesus left so we get the advocate, so we get parakletos, so we get the Holy Spirit who is never going to leave us, who's going to continue to teach us. God, today help us to be led. God, help us to listen in moments where you want to do something. Spirit, help us to look for every single moment that you are ready to move and then give us the boldness, the courage to do it. We love you. Lead us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.